Praise God. Open your Bibles this morning, if you will, to the book of John, the Gospel of John, St. John chapter 8. I'm going to share a few things with you this morning. Amen. We uh, um, were able, we had a little malfunction with the CD player last, uh, CD recorder last Sunday, so the last Sunday's message, message didn't get recorded onto CD, so I was able, though, to take it off of the live stream video, the audio part of it, and make some CDs, so I don't know if there's any left back there, but if you need a CD, uh, just let put your name on the list back there, and uh, we'll make sure that you get one. Okay, we're going to go to the book of John this morning, the 8th chapter of John, reading some familiar passage, a familiar passage of Scripture to you today. And I trust that everyone had a great Independence Day yesterday, good 4th of July. Did you enjoy your 4th yesterday? Amen. Amen. Didn't eat too much or anything like that, I'm sure. Nothing like that. Okay. Praise God. Well, praise God, it's good to celebrate our liberty, our freedom, our independence today. Amen. Um, so in John, and I want to talk a little bit about that this morning from John's gospel, the words of Jesus. And as I said, these are some familiar verses. You, you'll recognize them right away, but such important verses of Scripture in John chapter 8, verse 31, to begin with, says this, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. Now, now this is so important. We need to, everybody needs to get a hold of this. Jesus said this to those, to those Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you will be my disciples indeed. Notice the if there. If you abide in my word, then you will be my disciples indeed. Verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. I love that. Amen. And they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. I, I was glad when they, and I don't, you know, I don't uh, tell the worship team, this is what I want you to sing on Sunday morning, but I was glad this morning when I saw they were singing, no longer a slave. We're no longer slaves. Jesus said that if you, whosoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that's what I want to speak to you about for just a few moments, moments this morning. You shall be free 
indeed. Father, we thank you today for your presence in this sanctuary, in this service, among your people this morning. Thank you for the Spirit of the Lord, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I'm asking you today to minister to our to our hearts and lives, and I'm asking for a special anointing upon the ministry and the message today, that you will open our hearts today to receive the seed of your word. God will give you the glory and the praise for all you do, and we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we thank you for it. And everybody said amen and amen. I think that as Americans, and we talked a little bit about it last week, and I know that Throughout this week, there's been a lot on Facebook, and we've all been thinking about uh, our freedoms that we have as Americans. And I I really believe that we, uh, who are truly patriots today, we, we, we realize and we cherish the freedoms that we have. I'm so thankful today that we as Americans can come together this morning as we are here in this, in this building and we can freely assemble together and we can worship the Lord and we have that freedom today to come together and worship God. It's, a, it's a, as Brother Rod Vincent says, it's a political privilege that we do have today that we can come together and assemble together freely and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We have that right today, and I'm thankful for that right. We have that right today to own and possess a Bible. Do you realize that there are nations today, there are people in countries that are not allowed to even have a copy of the Word of God? And I have a lot of copies of the Word of God. I have quite a few. And you all know that I I collect Bibles, but I have a lot of copies of the Word of God. And and we have it on our phones. We have it on our iPads. uh, But we have that right to own and possess the Word of God and to carry a Bible and uh, to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That no one... And this country can come in here and say, you can't worship God anymore or you can't preach the Word of God anymore. I pray that it never does come to that place in America. And uh, I, I pray that if it ever does, it's long after the church is gone and the saints of God have been raptured out of here. But I know there are those who would love today to take away those freedoms that we have and to squelch our worship to stop the preaching of the gospel and the powers of darkness today in this world and in this nation that are, that are working in this nation are working to do that very thing, to, pry, to try their very best to stop the church and to stop the preaching of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I still believe that the true church is going to be victorious and we're going to come through and that the gates of hell 
will shall not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have that right today to pray in the name of Jesus. We have the right today to speak our mind on any issue that we so desire. We have that privilege. And, and I thank God for the rights that we have as Americans. And this weekend, we have been celebrating, and that's what the 4th of July is all about. It's about our freedom And it's about our independence and that we are the land of the free and the home of the brave. But I want you to know something today that even though we are a land of the free today, we have our liberty and we have our freedom today, in this land of the free, there are many Americans that are still not free. I want you to get a hold of that. Even though we're in a land and in a nation that celebrates freedom in this, uh, at this time of the year, there are many Americans that are still not free. There are a lot of people today that talk about liberty and they talk about freedom that don't really have liberty or freedom. They are not truly living a life of liberty. They are in chains right here in the United States of of America. There are people that are in chains of spiritual bondage and know absolutely nothing about living in the victory and the freedom that has been provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. There are still there's still slavery in America, but the slavery that is in America today is a spiritual slavery. It's a bondage by Satan and by sin uh, in people's lives to the powers of darkness. And it's one thing, ladies and gentlemen, to live in a nation where there is freedom, but it's another thing altogether to actually live in the freedom in this nation. Amen. And uh, I'm so glad for the freedom that is ours in Jesus Christ. It's one thing to celebrate a national day of independence, but it's another thing altogether to celebrate a personal day of independence. And I think we ought to be celebrating today not only the National Day of Independence that we have in this nation, but if you're a child of God today and you've been born again and you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there needs to be another type of celebration that's going on in your life today, and that is a celebration of your personal victory and freedom and independence that you have through the blood of Jesus and the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is what Jesus is talking about here in this great eighth chapter of John. We discover, we discover the, the meaning of real freedom, the meaning of true freedom that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said that in verse 32 that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, that when Jesus was talking to these individuals about the truth making them free, he was, he was implying there that there was, uh, there was a bondage. He was implying there that there was not freedom or there needed to be some freedom in these individual lives. 
And so I want you to understand that there is a law today, first of all, that there is a law that discards freedom in the life of individuals. Somebody would say, what kind of law is that? What, what kind of law is it that imposes bondage on an individual? Well, Paul speaks about it in the book of Romans, in Romans chapter 8. Uh, I love Romans chapter 8, by the way. Romans 6, 7, and 8 are, are three of the most powerful chapters in the entirety of the Word of God. Um, but in Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given us to live a life of freedom and victory. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation or guilt to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And then in verse 2 he says this, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. And in that second verse of the 8th chapter of Romans, Paul speaks of the law of sin and death. It's a law. The, the two most powerful laws in the universe are mentioned in Romans chapter 8. The law of sin and death, and the law of the spirit of life. Those are the two most powerful, powerful laws in the universe. They're spiritual laws, all right? They are, they are spiritual laws. The law of sin and death, and here's the thing about the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death binds every individual that is outside of Jesus Christ. Every person that is born into this world is born under this law of sin and death and is in captivity and in bondage to the law of sin and death. Do you understand that today that there are those, there are those who are in bondage to sin? All of those who are unredeemed, who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ are under that law and in that bondage to sin and death. And let me tell you, there's only one other law that can, that can override or overpower the law of sin and death in a person's life, and that is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The power of the Holy Spirit operating in an individual's life by placing their faith in Christ Jesus and what he's done for us at Calvary. Is anybody with me now this morning? Amen? So, you know, everybody that's in this sanctuary this morning, we all, all of us here fall under in one of these two categories. You are either operating under the law of sin and death or the law of the spirit of life. A law is something that works every time, like the law of gravity. The law of gravity works every time. You jump off the top of a building, and the law of gravity is going to work. Amen. There's a law that will supersede the law of gravity. It's called the, uh, the law of lift, I think, that's, that's, um, that's in aeronautics. And, and um, you know, in, in airplanes, there's a law of lift that will overpower the law of gravity. Well, there is only one law that will 
overpower and override and defeat the law of sin and death in an individual's life, and that is the law of the spirit of life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So Jesus was talking to a group of people here in Romans, or I'm sorry, in John chapter 8. He was talking to a group of people who thought that they were free. This group of Jews, and there were some here in this group that had believed upon Jesus, had put their faith in Jesus, and Jesus told them there, he said, now, you know, if you continue in my word, and that's so important, he said, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples indeed. So there has to be a continuance in the word of God after you've believed upon Jesus Christ in order to remain remain a disciple and continue to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't look at me so funny today, amen? But that's what Jesus said. And he, so he's talking to this group of people. And some of them had accepted the, uh, the Lord and believed upon the Lord. But he was talking to a group of people here that thought that they were free because they were sons of Abraham. But Jesus dropped the bombshell on them and Jesus told them that they were actually slaves. They were servants, the King James says. The New King James uses the word slaves, which, which that's what Jesus was referring to. He told them that they were slaves to sin and that in reality they were not really free at all. Jesus said in verse 34, he said, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Do you see that? He who commits sin, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Now, you have to understand something. When you look at that verse of Scripture, the word commit there, doesn't, doesn't, that's not speaking of just a one-time single act of sin. But what Jesus is saying there, that word commit means a continual committing of sin or a practicing of sin, not just a one-time act. So Jesus was saying that somebody that is living a life of continual habitual sinning and uh, they are in that they are a slave to that sin they're in bondage to that sin this is the bondage that we're talking about today this is the the slavery that I'm that I said that still exists in America today and throughout the world today it's a slavery and a bondage that people are in to the powers of darkness and to sin and to that sinful nature they're in bondage to sin. They are chained to sin. They are a slave to sin. And the problem is there's no way that anybody can free themselves from that bondage or from that slavery to sin. You can't set yourself free. You can't take off those spiritual shackles by anything you can do. There's only one way to be liberated and freed from that bondage of sin and slavery to sin and that is through Jesus Christ and through the truth of his word. Can I get an amen here today? Hallelujah. So they were in that slavery. Not only were they bound, but here's, a, here's another problem that 
that was existing in the lives of these people that, were, that is also existent today. They were not only bound by sin, but secondly, they were blinded by sin. They were blinded by sin. Jesus let them know that there was one who had the power to make men truly free. And uh, he told them, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And he said, who, who, if the Son makes you free, the Son of God makes you free, then you shall be free indeed. And when Jesus told them that if they would know the truth, the truth would make them free, here was their response. They responded in verse 33 by saying this. They said, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Notice what they said. Well, they were putting confidence in their nationality and the fact in their religion, so to speak, in the fact that they were descendants of Abraham and they were saying basically to Jesus, how dare you even suggest that we're in some kind of bondage? They said, we have never been in bondage to anyone. Well, number one, they were in bondage at that very moment to Rome. They had been in bondage, Israel had. They had been in bondage to Egypt, to to Assyria, to Babylon, to Persia, and to the Greeks. They had been in bondage uh, most of their existence. And at this particular time, they're under under the hand of Roman rule. They're in bondage to the Romans. But yet they said, well, how dare you to even insinuate that that, that we're bound. We're not in bondage. We have never been in bondage to any man. But Jesus, as you know, uh, wasn't talking about a bondage to another nation. He wasn't talking about a physical bondage or a stronghold. But Jesus was talking to them about spiritual bondage. Amen? The fact was that they were in bondage and they didn't realize it. Do you see the blindness that had that had captivated their minds. They were, see, and that's the dangerous thing today is that people are not only in bondage, but they're blinded to the bondage, to the fact that they are in bondage. They're bound by Satan, by sin, by the powers of darkness, but yet they think, they don't see it, they're so blinded to it that they think they're not bound, that they're free. We've got people today, you know, and as I said, in this nation today, that think that they're free, but they're in reality are bound by the powers of sin and the power of darkness. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. You know, some people have the idea that liberty in Christ means, they got got the whole different idea. They think, well, I'm free in Christ to live any way that I want to live. That that's what freedom in Christ is. In other words, Pastor Rick, don't tell me anything about what's right or wrong. I'm free in Christ to do as I please and to live any way that I want to. And you know what? They, they have totally misconstrued and misunderstood the meaning of true freedom in Christ. Because freedom in Christ is not a freedom to just live any way you want to and then have grace 
to cover it. But freedom in Christ means that you don't have to live that old life and that old way that you used to live because you've been freed from the power of sin and the power of Satan. Come on, amen. I'm, a, I'm about to get happy now. Praise the Lord. But they were in bondage and didn't realize that they were bound by sin, but they were also blinded by sin. They thought that they were free, but they were in spiritual slavery. So in other words, they were in a deception. They were blinded and deceived. What a, what a, what a terrible deception that is that so many people are in today that are deceived into thinking that, 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 that it's okay, that the lifestyle they're living, that, that what they're doing is okay, that God's just going to overlook it. They're bound, and they can't get free, but they don't realize they're bound. That's such a great tragedy today that, that ladies and gentlemen, there are people today that are lost, that are in that spiritual slavery to sin, that are under that law of sin and death, and they don't even realize it thinking that they're free. The God of this world, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, it's the God of this world, Satan, who has blinded the minds of those individuals, blinded and enslaved them. And that, ladies Ladies and gentlemen, is the work of the enemy today that he blinds and he binds and he enslaves. And not only those in the world, not only those that don't know Jesus, not only those who are lost and away from God, but do you realize that there are um, multitudes of Christians, of believers that sit on church pews every Sunday morning? Come on, is anybody with me? Sitting on church pews every Sunday morning that profess a faith in Jesus as their Savior, but are still bound by and struggling with a sin of some sort in their life that is controlled them a besetting sin or a habit or a stronghold of the enemy that is holding them in captivity and they sit in church every Sunday Sunday after Sunday amen still struggling with that saved they're saved they love the Lord no doubt about that that they've that, that, and, and they've prayed and they've repented and they've tried to overcome and they've done everything they know they've had counseling they've done everything but there's still a bondage that is there that Satan is holding in their life they've been given eternal life but there's still there's something a part of their life that Satan and that sinful nature is still controlling do you realize do you understand that there are Christians multitudes of them in churches this morning that are in that very situation today and do you know that many wind up quitting and giving up because truly they do love the Lord but they say and then the devil uses that and says well you can't live for God you can't overcome that, that habit you can't overcome that stronghold and they get discouraged and say well what's the use they're in a place where this law of sin and death they have allowed that law of sin and death to operate in their life and to discard the freedom that is available to 
them through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm here to give you some good news. I know you already know it, but I'm going to tell you anyhow that nobody, I said nobody, has to stay under that stronghold and that bondage of sin and Satan today. You can be free if the Son makes you free. You can and will be free indeed. Can I get an amen? Give the Lord a praise. Amen. But many have discarded their freedom by being in that bondage and allowing it to continue. But there is a life that discovers freedom. Jesus said that. That's what he was saying in these verses. He not only revealed that people are slaves to sin, but he also declared that they can be set free from sin. That no one has to live in that bondage, but glory to God, but you, everyone, everyone can live a liberated life from sin and from Satan and from the powers of darkness. Do you believe that today? I know, you know, when I first got saved and started living for the Lord, there were some, you know, that were in the church that said, well, you know, you just got to sin a little every day. You just got to sin a little every day. I mean, you, you can't help but sin a little every day. You know, God understands. And I thought, well, maybe that's so. But, you know, when I began, glory to God. That's why you need to read your Bible. Come on. <laughs> When I began to read the Bible and began to read the Word of God, I found out that that wasn't the case at all. Do Christians still sin? Unfortunately, yes. All of us still, sometime or another, will miss it. But we don't, listen to me, you don't have to sin every day. You don't have to sin a little every day. Jesus, I'm telling you, what kind of, you know, what what power would there be in the cross and in the gospel of Jesus if it just forgave you of your sin and left you under the power of sin? It wouldn't be a very strong or powerful gospel at all. But the, the Lord, the Bible says that Jesus came to save us, not in our sin, but he came to save us from our sin, to deliver us from the power of sin. We have something under the New Testament and under the New Covenant today that we did not, that they did not have under the Old Covenant. They still had, that sin nature still had control over their lives. But thank God, under this New Covenant, see the Bible said that the blood of bulls and goats didn't have the power to take away sin. But when Jesus came, hallelujah, his blood, his blood had the power to wash away every sin, to wash away every stain, but not only to wash it away, but to break the power of sin off of your life and to release you from the law of sin and death by the law of the spirit of life. See, that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we can live a liberated life. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said here that if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What does he mean by that, free indeed? 
He reveals something here. That Greek word that was, that, that, that's translated make free is actually one Greek word that was translated into two English words. But that Greek word translated make free means to be liberated, set free from bondage, and set at liberty from the dominion of sin. So what Jesus was saying there, if the Son of God makes you free, oh man, I don't know. Is anybody getting hold? This is, this is the good news of the gospel. And Jesus said, if the Son of God makes you free, then you will be free. If He liberates you, if He sets you free from bondage, if He sets you at liberty from the dominion of sin, you will be free indeed. See, to make free, ladies and gentlemen, is to be delivered from sins, slavery, and bondage. To be set free, to be made free, is to have the chains broken and to have the prison doors open. Praise God. When, it, when, when Isaiah prophesied about the coming Messiah in Isaiah 61, and it was actually the, the Isaiah 61 were the verses that Jesus got up and read in the synagogue at Nazareth that day. That he he got up and he they delivered him the scroll of Isaiah, and he opened to, he opened it up there, and there was the place where it was written in Isaiah 61. You know that said the. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. And it told it, it that those verses in Isaiah told what the Messiah would do and what the ministry of the Messiah would be. But He said, Jesus came. Isaiah said one of the things He came to do was to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those that are bound. Are you listening to me? To proclaim liberty. See, that's uh, Jesus said it this way when he read those verses in Luke chapter 4. To preach deliverance to the captives. To preach deliverance to the captives. To preach to you. He didn't, you know, and I understand that Jesus does deliver the captives, doesn't he? What he did at Calvary made it possible for every every slave to sin and to Satan to be liberated and set free. But Jesus there and Isaiah did not say that he came to deliver the captives, but he said that he came to preach deliverance and to proclaim liberty to the captives. See, that's basically what I'm doing today. I'm here to tell you and to proclaim to you the liberty and the freedom that's already been made available to you through what Jesus did at Calvary. There's nothing you can do to set yourself free. There's nothing you can do to open up any prison doors that may have you bound because Jesus already did everything that was required at the cross and everything that was needed to do, he did. Do you know that when Jesus died and rose from the dead that the prison doors were open? He came to open up the prison. He came to release the captives. And right now today, every spiritual prison door is open and the shackles that bind have been unlocked and all the 
person has to do is say yes to Jesus and put their trust in the blood of the lamb and walk out of that prison because the door is already open. It was open at Calvary. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. There is a remedy and his name is Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. My, my, my. So long. I love, I love the, the words, the song of, um, that Bill Gaither wrote. Said, so long I had searched for life's meaning, enslaved by the world of my greed. Then the door of my prison was opened by love, for the ransom was paid. I was freed. I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the past. I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. And I'm free, praise the Lord, free at last. How many can say that today? I'm so glad that I'm free today. I'm liberated today by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It's a celebrated life. See, a slave doesn't, Jesus said in verse 35, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. What was he saying? He was saying that when he sets us free from the slavery or sin, we're no longer slaves. That's why I said I was glad they sang that this morning. Because when Jesus sets us free from that slavery of sin and we walk out of that prison, there's a transference that takes place. We are no longer, we are no longer slaves, but now we're sons and daughters. We're no longer, oh hallelujah, we're no longer servants Paul said in Galatians, but now we have been made sons and he has given us the spirit of adoption whereby now we cry, Abba, Father. His spirit bearing witness that with our spirit that we are the sons and daughters of God. See, before Jesus, before you were saved, before when you were in that slavery, you had no standing in the family of God. But when Jesus comes into your life, it's more than just him forgiving you of your past but he adopts you into the family of God and makes you a very, a, a, a very his very own children, sons and daughters of God and now you have a standing before God in the family of God. I don't know about anybody in this church today but I thank God this morning for my personal independence day. I thank God God for the day when at that in that Pentecostal church in that little church down on South Ella Street in Cape Girardeau, Missouri that I came out of the slave house and I came into the father's house that I was no longer a pauper but he made me a prince and no longer enduring the burdens of the slave but he again calls me to inherit the blessings of a son how many are hearing me today that ought to make you sing that ought to make you shout that ought to make you praise the Lord that I once was bound and I once was blind but today
I see. And now I am liberated and free. And now in the family of God, no longer, no longer a slave to sin. No longer a slave for the Son has made me free. So we need to be celebrating our freedom in Christ. When you're celebrating your freedom, you know what a celebration is, don't you? Huh? Well, people were celebrating last night. I was over here at the church studying, and, and uh, it sound, I thought we was under attack there for a minute. There was booms and pals and firecrackers and fireworks going off all around. And when I left the church, I, uh, on my way home, you know, you could, you could see fireworks lighting up the sky all around, everywhere. I could see the ones at Ingler Park that were going off on my way home. But, but, but individuals were shooting off fireworks. That it seemed to me like that there was more celebration. Did it seem that way to anybody else? It just seemed that there was more celebration last night and yesterday than, than there had been in the past. Maybe we've come to the place, maybe America's come to the place where they're realizing how quickly our freedoms could be taken away from us and so they're realizing we need to celebrate the liberty and the freedom that we have in these United States of America. Hallelujah. When the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 4, 1776, uh, uh, it was eight days later. It was, uh, or, no, it was four days later on July the 8th that they had the first public reading of that Declaration of Independence and at Independence Square in Philadelphia. And when they read that, they began to ring the bells. They began to celebrate. They began to, to, uh, to, to uh, uh, praise God for their independence but the bells rang throughout the land amen because they were celebrating their independence that's what that's what I'm here to do today amen I'm here to celebrate I want to celebrate every single day of your life should be a celebration of what Jesus has done for you even on the worst day of your life you can get up and celebrate that you once were a slave but today Today you are a son and a daughter of Almighty God. For the Son has made you free and you are free indeed. Can I get an amen today? Oh, praise God. Woo! Satan does not have any control or power over your life or mine anymore. Only what we allow him to have what we allow. That old Flip Wilson stuff, you know. Geraldine. The devil made me do it. And they think that's going to be an excuse. But can I tell you today, you and I have no excuse. Why is that? Because the full price for your freedom and liberty from sin and its power was paid for at Calvary by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't know about anybody else. I feel that this morning. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And if you're here today and you are struggling with something of sin, let me tell you, I want to encourage you, you can be made free indeed today. 
by how do I do it, Brother Rick? The same, the same faith that got you born again and that got you in the family of God. Do you remember when you got saved? I was talking about it to them this morning there. And uh, uh, the, I'm trying to be brief this morning, but this stuff keeps coming to me. But when I got born again, when I got saved, the things, let me put it this way, there was a new desire that was put in my heart. The, the, the new birth, you know, it's, it's if any man be in Christ, all, old things pass away. Isn't that what the scripture said? The old passes away and all things become new. So I, I went down and knelt down at that altar and, and got down a sinner and, and, and repented and asked the Lord to come into my heart and forgive me. And when I got up from there, I looked the same on the outside, but I knew, I knew, I knew there was a change on the inside because the Bible says that we pass from death unto life. And I'm going to tell you, when you go from death to life, you're going to know it. And nobody have to tell you, you're going to know it. If somebody says, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. When you get saved, you know you've been born again. My desires were changed. My desires were different. Amen? But I still made some flub-ups. And I still made some mess-ups. And I still had some habits. And I still, listen, I was just as born again. I was just as saved and ready for heaven. But I still had long hair. Didn't look any different on the outside. Those was back, you know, when that was back in the day when if you had long hair, you were a rebel. And that pretty much fit the bill with me. I still had a nicotine habit. Still, listen, I was loving Jesus. I was reading the Word. But I still had that, those habits. But do you know what? Every time, every time I do something wrong or if I, I did something wrong, the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. That's the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that's in you. That law of the Spirit of life, the Holy Spirit in me, would, would let me know if there was an uneasiness in there. In other words, when I did something that wasn't right, I, that, that, was, that was displeasing to the Lord, I didn't enjoy sin anymore because I'd been given a brand new nature. The nature of Jesus was in me and I wanted to do what was right. But there was a sanctification process and it wasn't long, praise God. I, I remember sitting on the front row. Here I am telling stuff. I remember sitting on the front row of that church in a revival meeting. Brother Eddie Disatel was preaching and it was in the May, I believe it was May of 73. And I was sitting there with long hair and a pack of Marlboros in my shirt pocket. And I'll remember him preaching that night. I'll never forget that message from Matthew chapter 5. You're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. And he didn't preach me into hell. And I don't really think that he was preaching at me. He was just preaching what the Holy Ghost gave him. 
But he made the statement, and I still remember it to this day. He said, what kind of a light can you shine to the world with long hair, like I said, that was a sign of rebellion. With long hair and a cigarette in your mouth. And I thought, well, you know, at first it made me mad. I thought, well, he's getting all over me. He's trying to take my, 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 my habits away from me. But it was the Holy Ghost. But you know what? You know what? I, didn't, I got mad at first, but then the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. I, I felt that conviction, and I thought, you know what? That's right. And it wasn't long. You know, I told you this before when I, when I still had that long hair when I started pre, when I, when I preached my first sermon. And somebody asked one of the dear old super saints in the church, well, how did Brother Rick do on his first sermon? And their reply was, I believe he'll make it if he gets a haircut. <laughs> you know what? The Holy Ghost didn't seem to mind that night. I remember the anointing that was on me. Amen. He didn't seem to mind. But as is obvious to y'all today, I did get a haircut. Amen. And the Lord did deliver me from the bondage of nicotine. He delivered me from that. Amen. But, but, but see, that's what I'm saying. We don't have to stand. There's, there's victory. There's liberty in Jesus from every sin, from every habit, from every bondage, from every stronghold. Amen. Jesus has provided that at the cross of Calvary. He is the Lord that delivers that freedom to us. And he said, when, he said if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And that free indeed means really free. The Amplified says it this way. So if the Son liberates you, then you are really and unquestionably free. Glory to God, I like that. You are really free. You are unquestionably free. There's nothing the devil can say about it. That means you do not have to be the devil's play toy one moment longer. The sin nature can no longer dominate and control in your life, but you can be totally free from that habit that addiction, that besetting sin because Jesus Christ is the one, the person that will set you free. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus set you free. A bundle life family church doesn't set you free. No denomination sets you free. The Pentecostal church of God cannot set you free. The assemblies of God cannot set you free. The Southern Baptists cannot set you free. Is anybody with me? There is no denomination. There is no preacher. There is no apostle. There is no prophet that can set you free. You cannot light enough candles to get free. You cannot twirl enough prayer beads to get free. You cannot say enough prayers to be free. There is no social program, no rehab program, no AA program that can set you free because freedom is not in a program. Freedom is in a person. I said freedom is in a person and that person's name is Jesus. Jesus, the Son, will make you free. He's the only one that has the power to set you free. 
He is the way, the truth, and the life. Hallelujah. This gospel, this gospel is in reality an emancipation proclamation that lets us know that we have freedom in Jesus. The truth that Jesus said will set you free, will make you free. And that truth that Jesus refers to is the whole truth regarding who He is and what He did for us in His death, burial, and resurrection. And that is the truth that you must know. Know the truth of Christ and Him crucified. Know the truth of what He did in the price that was paid. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Your pardon has been signed at Calvary by the blood of Jesus. And what you have to do is accept it, believe it, come in, come off a death row, come out of that prison, and make your decision today not to be enslaved by sin anymore because the price has been saved, been paid for your deliverance. I'm not going to live on scraps when I can feast on the bread of life. Is anybody here? Hallelujah. And on this weekend, when we celebrate our freedom as Americans, let us remember the freedom that we have as sons and daughters of God through Jesus and through the cross of Calvary. Let's give him praise today. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know if I helped anybody, but I preached myself happy this morning. Let me close this with a verse of Scripture in Galatians chapter 5. Paul said this to the church, to the believers at Galatia. Verse 1, he said, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. He's made us free and he said, stand fast in that freedom. How do we do it, Brother Rick? As I said, well, it's the same The same faith that got you saved is the same faith that will cause the Spirit of God to work in you for your sanctification. Same faith. Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 2. As you have... He was writing to those who were already born again. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him rooted in Him, grounded in Him, and built up in the faith in Him. So the same way you came to Christ, with the same faith in the very same object, which is Jesus and what He did at Calvary, with that same faith, that's how you walk and how you live every day of your life. It's a daily denying of yourself and taking up that cross every day. And people say, well, I came to the cross to get saved, but now I've got to do this to get sanctified. No, 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 that's your problem. The same blood 
at the same cross by the same Savior that brought you into the kingdom of God is the same cross that you have to believe in every day and take up every single day to walk and to live in the victory that he purchased for you there. You've been crucified with Christ, but yet you live because Christ has raised you up to live in him in newness of life. Amen. Worship team is going to sing something this morning. But as they, as they prepare to sing, I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I, 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 I hope that everyone here this morning knows Jesus. I hope that you're a Christian, that you have been born again, that you're living for Jesus. But if you're not, if you're not, today's your day to pray and to ask Jesus to come into your heart and life, to make Him the Lord of your life. I gave it to you a couple of weeks ago, the ABCs, getting saved is as easy, as simple as ABC. A, admitting that you're a sinner, that you're lost, and that you can't save yourself, and you need a Savior for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And there is none righteous, no, not one. Then, B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ.